Have you ever wondered why we age? Do we have to even accept aging? I truly believe we don't have to accept that at all. And I can help you understand the aging process and possibly even reverse your age so long as you are willing to go deep into your mind and question everything you've been living so far. This podcast has been the product of my obsession as just a regular dad to not only live long to be around for my kids, but to thrive in living as long as possible. My aim is to inspire you through amazing real life stories focusing on the mind, the body and the spirit. We will look into the impact of trauma and methods to tap into the unconscious to tackle that stored trauma. I will go into the science of aging and aim to demystify the current technology, supplements, exercise routines and nutritional practices most importantly, I'm going to learn with you. Together, we are going to crack the code to living a happy health span. Come and join me on Let's Grow Young. Mike is a scientific manager at Aerofit, which we will talk about during this episode. He is an exercise and sports scientist with a flair for the prevention and treatment of sedentary lifestyle diseases. Paying attention to breathing mechanics and respiratory muscle training has been a huge part of Mike's education. Holding a bachelor's degree in sports science, Mike is an expert within physiological and biomechanical principles of exercise. Mike, thanks for joining. Um, well, there's only one place for me to start. What the heck is this thing? Right? Because as soon as I saw you guys at the Health Optimization Summit, I thought you were a bunch of rugby players and this was some sort of fancy mouth guard. Um, so, so in all seriousness, what is this device? Yeah, so that's a great question and even better starting point. So for those who don't know what it is, it can look like a very novel product and stuff like that. But the essence of our device is respiratory muscle training. So it's a device that allows you to connect to your phone and train your wrist heel the muscles of your respiratory system just like any other training so people go to the gym for their legs their upper body but one missing piece of the puzzle is the muscles around your lungs so it allows you to train that long story short training the lung muscles so you you mentioned something respiratory muscle training rmt just just tell me a bit more about that everyone has a focus on strengthening and optimizing every muscle in their body but in order to get that kind of adaptation for your respiratory muscles, you need to kind of have more localized training. So when you go for a run, you exercise your lungs a wee bit, but in order to really optimize that, you use respiratory muscle training, or RMT for short, as you alluded to. And by having an aerofit in your mouth, you're able to overload the muscles of your respiratory system and train those muscles to optimize your performance, your life, and everything around that. Okay. And when you talk about respiratory muscles, I can barely say the words, um, to a layman like me, um, yes. why do I need to do that? Because I, I, I do quite a lot of running. Is running, boxing, CrossFit, is that not enough training for my, for, 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 for my cardio system? Or is this about breathing more efficiently? To answer in a very simple way, if you're going to do pull-ups in the gym, right? You're going to activate your biceps a little bit. You might get some stimulus to your bicep. Or you can go straight over to the preacher curl or just do arm curls, which is going to be fixated on that muscle. So you're actually going to get more muscle growth from having more fixated training for that specific muscle. So when you're running, you are going to get some adaptations in your lungs. But you're not going to have that concentrated like 
fixation on the musculature around your respiratory system and by just having a short training you're actually gonna benefit a lot faster okay are, are there a bunch of muscles around your respiratory system which which we need to access um, i will get the word right at the end <laughs> oh it's all good mate it's the challenge of the day learn to say respiratory yeah. essentially the purpose of the lungs is pulling them open and squeezing them closed so there's muscles involved in inspiratory so you've probably heard of the diaphragm which is a big dome at the bottom of your lungs, top of your stomach. And in essence, this pulls down, expanding how big your lungs are. This is going to cause a pressure shift, and the pressure inside your lungs will be smaller than the pressure outside their lungs. So to equalize, you're going to pull that air in. And then just like a balloon, when it's full and wants to explode out, you use your muscles in and around your ribs, some involved in the neck and shoulders and these are just going to squeeze and make your lungs press out as hard and as quick as possible okay so does the diaphragm it really is that responsible for the intake of the oxygen more than the other other muscles or is, is that really the tank where you draw it from the diaphragm is essentially the pulling in muscle so as that kind of pulls down it opens your lungs and then other muscles are involved in expiratory, such as your external intercostals, the little muscles in between your ribs. These squeeze your ribs, or squeeze your lungs, sorry, and push out that air. Okay, and, and, and why are these muscles important for athletes and sports perform, uh, uh, people who, who, who play sports? Every single physiological like process in your body begins with oxygen and ends with carbon dioxide. While you're doing sport, the kind of essence or need for oxygen is heightened. So to epitomize your performance, you need air in and remove the byproduct or carbon dioxide. So being more efficient at doing this, opening your lungs up, getting that oxygen in, start every single process in your body, and then push out the carbon dioxide. Because I'm sure you as an athlete have found when you're pushing at a higher pace, you've got that buildup of carbon dioxide and your body starts screaming at you. It does indeed. Um for the layman, um, yep. do, we, do we really need a device to help us do that in the best way? Or, you know, if you look at some of these spiritual teachers, yoga teachers, there's an abundance of breathwork people on the internet nowadays. Um, what's the difference between what they're doing and, and what you're doing? I like to think of it as running versus walking. So when you run, you get a bit more adaptation. When you walk, it's good for the mind and body. When you train respiratory muscle training, such as AeroFit, you're actually able to overload the musculature a lot more, so there's more pressure on it. A good kind of insight is traditional breath work is done through the nasal cavity, which offers about 10 centimeters of water resistance. So that's like squatting what does that 10 mean? kgs. What, what, what does what, yeah. what's that mean? The amount of pressure to expand something under 10 centimeters of water, because as you know, the deeper you go, the more pressure it's required. Okay. So... We like to utilize pressure uh, centimeters of water resistance as that is what we use as our measuring tool. So you'll be hearing that a lot. So centimeters of water resistance. Yes. So CMH2O. That's just a generic use of pressure. And that actually goes back to our device's original kind of starting point where it was actually using water as the main resistive tool, which is quite a cool backstory. But we'll touch on that later. Um, so in terms of layman's terms, why do you need to train the respiratory muscles and why not just go for a run or do traditional breath work? The long story short answer is 
a lot more focus on the muscles of the respiratory system. So a lot of people can go for a run every day and they will use their lungs to some extent, but in order to get that focus on the respiratory muscles and the way we can, you need to be working at around 80% plus of your VO2 max. So this is a very high intensity. And in order so to VO2 do this day max, in, day Mike? out, What's the VO2 max? Everybody is limited by how much their cells can actually utilize the oxygen coming in. So it's essentially like a bottleneck. And if you can't process it in time, that's your upper limit of your VO2 max. You can increase this through training. It's a very hot topic at the moment with like Garmin and stuff really telling you what your VO2 max is. But essentially how much air you can come in at maximum intensity. And does this device help you improve your VO2? So that is a very gray area, actually. So some of the literature points towards yes, and some points to no. But the way I see it is all the literature that states that it can is actually coming from people who have very impaired function. A good example is a uh, study that we had come out around two months ago around long COVID. They did see an increase in their over 2 max. However, they were suffering from long COVID, so they were very impaired to begin with, whereas the average athlete or the elite athlete will not see a large increase in their VO2 max. Okay, so I was going to ask you about long COVID later, actually, because I think on, on, on the website, you have some EU and scientific backing towards um, the what, what this device has done for people suffering from long COVID um, just so you can explain that to us, what's the link with this device and long COVID? Are we saying that it, it has helped people who are suffering with long COVID to get uh, stronger, to breathe better? Correct. So we had a study that was independently done from the University of Ulm in southern Germany. And they looked at Aerofit as an intervention, sorry, intervention method for those who are suffering from long COVID, especially those around breathlessness. So the ones who were really struggling to catch their breath again and get back to their daily life. And the main kind of outcomes from that study were kind of a two-pronged approach, one being that they were able to generate more force or get stronger lungs. So we talked earlier about centimeters of water resistance. They were able to increase that over time and actually get stronger in their respiratory system, but they were also able to increase the flexibility of their lung tissue. So... Flexibility kind of derives from your volume or how big your lungs are. If you're not utilizing your lung tissue enough, such as when you're sick, you're really going to limit how big you can open your lungs, and this will diminish the person's ability to go about life. So we okay. saw on average about 100... Yeah, sorry for no, the long-winded, twisting answer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we saw about 170 milliliters per breath, increase at maximal intensity exercise so meaning with each breath they were able to pull in just under a cup extra of oxygen so over the minute duration it went up by about 8.9 liters per minute of breathing which is a fantastic result as this is a lot more air coming in to utilize in the body i, I think you may have answered this already but but how significant is a 170 milliliters per breath increase to to the normal person to the normal person, it is kind of the difference between like coming first or last. But for someone who is in a kind of really impaired state, this is the difference between taking the stairs to play with their grandkids compared to sitting on the sideline 
and like kind of losing out on them quality times. That's a really important point you're making there, Mike, because I think there's a danger that I'm only viewing this through a sports lens. You know, what's my performance like? Um, is my VO2 any better? D despite asking questions about VO2, I, I do know what it is. Um, and But, but yeah, I, yeah. I think... Your website also talks about mindfulness, and so you've you've kind of alluded to the fact that it increases quality of life for people who are looking for that kind of um, yep. benefit. And um, can you just just talk to me a bit more about that, about the mindfulness aspect of this? We could go back from like kind of transition very nicely from athlete to people about a holistic health approach. If we can help that elite athlete by zero point five one percent, this is fantastic for them. But imagine what it can do for the individual who does have impaired lungs or really is suffering. So the biggest benefits are from those who are suffering. And the mindfulness comes from traditional breathwork modalities. So you've alluded to... What's a breathwork modality? Yeah, so breathwork modality has really started to blossom over the last kind of decade due to things such as... Um, Wim Hof, he was really instrumental in moving that breathwork and allowing people to take a kind of deep look at their breath. And then things like Oxygen Advantage and uh, Patrick McKeown were huge in pushing that. Then James Nestor, a few other kind of key figures. But what we've really done is we've taken the guesswork out of breathwork. A lot of people will start these um, breathing courses and they just follow a guide on the screen and they're not sure if they're doing correctly but what we've done is taken a kind of a gamified approach where you can actually see in real time that you are doing the breath work correctly so i think there's one thing you actually mentioned to me that you enjoy is actually having a visual feedback correct i do enjoy it but it also pisses me off sometimes when 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 when, when all of a sudden it's telling me that my results aren't that great and and i'm i say that tongue-in-cheek because um i i think the visual side of it is really good um it's uh it, it, yeah. it talks you through various exercises and then coming back to the kind of well-being side of it the kind of mind state through breathwork all comes down to the parasympathetic nervous system. So you've probably heard of rest and digest and fight and flight. I've heard of heard fight of and flight, not rest and digest. Cool. So the, you've got the autonomic nervous system, which is the one that you don't control too regularly. And this breaks off into two branches. One being the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the state you want to be in when you're resting or digesting. So You've probably heard as a kid, don't go for a run after you've eaten too much food or don't jump into the pool yep. because you want your body to calm down, relax and digest the food correctly, which is going to lead to better digestion and healthy approach. And then the converse side of that is fight or flight, which is I see a tiger, oh shit, I got to run. So it falls into the two brackets and this comes down to hormone levels in the bloodstream and everything like that. But the way breathwork interacts with this is the level of carbon dioxide. So if you're exhaling more carbon dioxide than you're breathing oxygen, you're clearing that kind of um, build-up of CO2, you're actually going to start to get more into the rest and digest, which is where a lot of our programs are designed for, especially around sleep and uh, recovery. I'm, I'm doing all these exercises on the app. Um, yep. how, how is this helping my sleep? We'll go a two-pronged approach again. I know I say that a lot, but the first one is sort of strengthening of the respiratory muscles. 
You've probably heard of a lot of people having like obstructive sleep apnea or interrupted sleep due to not being able to breathe correctly. This comes down to a plethora of different things, but mostly the respiratory muscles are not strong enough to push the air out and pull the air in while you're asleep. So by strengthening the respiratory muscles, you're strengthening all of the structures involved with breathing. So when you're sleeping, it's a lot more efficient, a lot easier. And then on the kind of opposite side of that is the mindfulness and becoming in that relaxed state. So really pushing out carbon dioxide getting more into that parasympathetic nervous system, down regulation, and preparing yourself for bed. I've been sleeping a lot better over the last six months, and um, I've been using this device for about seven months, and so yep. maybe there's some sort of linkage there somewhere, I think. Of course, it may work for some people, not everyone, but it is the fact that you don't know it until you've tried it and it may be a kind of combination of you just having a bit more focus on your breath work and the air fit as well which is making you sleep better i should have asked this question earlier when you talked about this study in germany you you said it was an independent study um and yep. um if you don't mind me asking um what what was the sample size like for this study this study actually came out of frustration from the professor that took the study he is in a big clinic that works with long COVID sufferers and he wanted to be able to produce a study as quick as possible in order to help as many people as possible so in order to do that he had to have quite a small sample size so there was about 16 people involved so quite a small sample size and we really understand that however the great thing was, since it was a small, intimate study, he was able to not only look at quality of life measures, but also the um, activity levels, so their VO2 max, and have a bit more of a whole overview of them, because a lot of these bigger studies really just look at one aspect, but he was able to look at a broad spectrum of things. With the results for COVID being so positive, what's the next steps with this device for people suffering from COVID, is this going to a new level of research, a new level of funding, a new new, new kind of rollout scheme into hospitals and um, medical facilities? So essentially, this is the start of the foundation. So we want to build on this study. We have had quite a few other clinics reach out to us as doing studies as well as kind of anecdotal evidence. They mm. work with a few people and just build up that knowledge base. Because before we go kind of broad spectrum in the medical aspect, we want to have not just one study, but three, four, five different studies backing up saying this is what we found and these are the training modalities within the app and this is what we believe works. So we can give the people the best care that they deserve. Okay. Now, I just want to describe the technology a bit more for the, for, for, for the people who may be listening to this. And so we've essentially got a mouthpiece here and we've got a battery and you've got these numbers and the letters on the side um can you just talk someone through what they would have to do and how much time it would be needed each day to use this device we can just touch over the three kind of things that you mentioned so the mouthpiece there is um medical grade ppe so there's no running a risk of latex um allergies or anything so we've got medical grade on that and this is inserted into the mouth. And then the battery or the brains of the operation are what connect to your smartphone. So this has a pressure sensor in it and it's a rechargeable unit. So you breathe in. When you breathe, it will measure in real time how strong you are breathing, how strong you're inhaling. 
and that will connect to a smartphone. And then the main body or the passive unit is the one with the dials. We have six levels of resistance for inhalation and six levels of pressure for expiratory. And these can be done independently, so you can have a bit more of a focus on inhalation or exhalation. And in terms of using the device, the smartphone will take you through everything. Our companion app will tell you which settings to have, when to do a lung test, what training to do, and then you'll train between 5 and 10 minutes to begin with at the start, and then this progresses to around 15 to 16 minutes a day. And then how, how long has this um, technology been in kind of the production process? How, how, how long have you guys been thinking around the development of this? There's a company called Ambul International, which is a Danish medtech health insurance company, so AMBU, and they developed a device in the late 90s which included tubes and you hang them over a door and it's this big apparatus that you have to breathe into against water, which is why we use the centimetres of water resistance as our kind of baseline measures. And then this lay dormant on a shelf in their kind of facilities until... Around 2013, when our CEO and founder, Christian, actually got a hold of the device and he started using it for himself as a singer, actually. And he went to the University of Copenhagen with his choir and they did some testing on it and all of them improved. And then kind of through this, he started to develop the device itself, called in his um, designing friends and a few software and um, mechanical engineers to develop what we have today. The first prototype was in 2016, and then we launched in 2019. So three years of development from the kind of analog-style device to our now digital device, and then we went on the market 2019. Okay. And and um, what kind of customers do you have for this at the moment? So to begin with, we were predominantly a um, sports company, and then we saw a massive paradigm shift between 2021, 2022, with more focus being on the lungs. So at the moment, we're around 50% pure athletes, 35% of athletes who have lung impairments. They might have exercise-induced asthma. They might have COPD or something else and they'll want to become a better athlete. And then that leaves the last 15% as purely uh, lung-focused individuals, so those who are really in an impaired state. Okay, and, and, and which sort of athletes do you have using this at the moment? It really is quite varied much to my surprise when I first came on board with Aerofit, of course, there's a lot of endurance athletes. So a lot of the riders of Tour de France, for example, the triathlon, the big three of swimming, running, and cycling are very predominant and use it a lot. And we are seeing more and more athletes from other areas take on board the power of respiratory muscle training. So this includes things like basketball, football, rugby, much to my kind of ecstatic and then um, CrossFit, that is somewhere that's really growing at the moment. So I did say that I've been using this for quite a while. Um, and yep. I think when I met you guys at the Health Optimization Summit, I struggled with it when I tested it there. But I think there were just so many people there, it was uh, quite difficult to test it while I was there. But now I've been using it for six, seven months. Um, I've got to say... Um, for me, I personally think it works. My 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 VO two levels have gone from. So I'm not a young guy, right? I'm I'm I'm, I'm in my mid forties, and so my VO two yeah, yeah. levels have gone from the forties to the fifties. Um, and 
the running times, the fitness times, the all the exercises I'm doing, th there's been a pretty big increase in that. And I think most importantly, when I spoke to you last about this, you did mention the diaphragm. I do feel I'm actually breathing from the gut now. I actually do think I'm pulling my air in a lot yep. better. And I don't think I could be asked with it if I had to log on and see an online coach one-to-one -one, train me to tell me, breathe like this, breathe like that. The fact that I have it on my phone, I can pick this up when I wake up in the morning when my stomach is empty and just whack it on and use it. I think that that just makes it really easy to use. Is, it, is that something you were thinking of when you originally developed this, i.e. That, that this is going to be used by fairly busy people and it should be quite quick and easy to go to? Yeah, correct. Because we looked a lot into like research around what actually causes someone to stick to a different type of training. And one is being held accountable, but one is being very flexible and they can train when it suits them. And daily habits, as you alluded to in the morning, you put it in your mouth and you train in the morning because that fits your daily schedule. So we kind of looked at how can we get the coaching situation into the pocket of the person and then they do it when it suits them. And that's where the app integration really came to life. Why have I not seen this advertised too much or marketed too much? Because um, the, I'm going to get onto that irritating subject called biohacking in a minute. But um, and And I've seen lots of garbage being advertised but i'm conscious that i seem to have come across a product which i think works um well why is this not plastered everywhere you, you've talked about the effect on athlete covid you talked about sleep apnea mindfulness tour de france singers why is this not not everywhere why, why are we not seeing this plastered everywhere at the moment so i can only speak on behalf of our marketing team but they advertise it heavily towards uh, athletes which is kind of our bread and butter and then we are kind of as we have more revelations around kind of science and breakthroughs like that we are looking to expand the market but the one kind of negative connotation around that as well is as you mentioned with biohacking there is a lot of garbage out there and we actually do get a lot of kind of flagged posts and stuff like that so it's about displaying our message in the correct way and kind of people like yourself who actually know it work and you're the greatest adversaries of the device. So it's about kind of making as truthful posts as we can and growing the market in that way so we don't just look like another scammy product that is everywhere. We just want to kind of build that level of trust. Is there a minimum age that people can use this by? So... So is, is there an age limit with it? For example, my, my my son's a quite competitive rugby player and I want to give him every advantage he can. Is is 14 too young to use this? So in our user manual, we say uh, 12 and up, but I have seen a lot of people use it with younger children, but I would recommend kind of the big two things. One, consult a doctor if you are concerned about anything and two, supervise your children while using it. A good example of that is my niece is 10 and she loves it. She has asthma and she was actually overtraining. So she was seeing it as a game, not a training and would do too many and then she'd run the risk of actually hurting herself. So overtraining is a real thing. And if the younger people are training with it, make sure you supervise them and ensure they aren't overtraining. You know what, Mike, is, is this... Is this a pretty big game changer, do you think, in the future? You, again, look, I'll, I'll reel off the list of benefits that you've said, and 
elite, elite athletes, COVID, um, sleep apnea, mindfulness. You just mentioned asthma, Tour de France. Um, is this an upcoming game changer? Is this something which you think is going to be used more and more in standard m medication rather than, rather than just sports? Because a skeptic listening to this will say that you've just fed off a load of, a, a, a load of benefits. Um, there may, may be limited study. I can sit here and say I've used it and I can see the benefits of it. But, you know, what, what's your thoughts on where this is going? It sounds like you're beginning to change a bit of a game here. Yeah, so I'd love to sit here and say, yes, I'm going to change the world. But at the end of the day, we need to focus on the people we can help the most. And all them benefits do sound great. But the underlying thing is just like any training, if you train consistently, you're really going to have benefits. So we all know the benefits of going to the gym or improving our cardiovascular health through running, swimming. It's just like that. It is a training modality that's going to strengthen the musculature and increase the efficiency in which you can breathe. So nothing goes without hard work. And by using this five to 10 minutes a day, you're going to see the benefits that you would see from other training modalities. Okay. So if I just try and describe what people might see, if, if, if someone buys this tomorrow and they start using it this week, yep. um, what, what benefits would you expect to see by when? For example... What would you expect to see in the first two weeks and then a month, six weeks, three months, provided that everything else is equal in their life? Yeah, so I think the thing that you'd really notice right off the bat is daily lung test is improving, so you're really going to see an increase in the strength of your respiratory muscles. And from my own personal experience, the one thing I found this benefited me the most was my ability to breathe a lot more freely through my nose. So I was never a mouth breather, but at times I'd be walking up the stairs and I'd have to breathe through my mouth to get more air in. I don't have that problem anymore. Why is it important to breathe through your nose? Uh, so nasal breathing has been linked to things such as more diaphragmatic breathing and filtration of the air. It actually, there's quite a lot of uh, science around breathing through your nose, filtering the air, humidifies and just allows your lungs to be slightly healthier. Okay. Okay. And then, of course, if you want to dive deep into that, I'd highly recommend um, Breathe by James Nestor. There's a fantastic book around nasal breathing. But, yeah, so I found that I could walk up the stairs a lot easier without reverting to mouth breathing just because my muscles were stronger and more efficient. So that was two weeks. And then after about a month, I found my sleep was a lot deeper, which you kind of alluded to earlier as well. You've been using it for seven months, but six months you're sleeping is coming a lot better and then kind of the months over that you're gonna you are gonna plateau at some point like your strength is gonna kind of peak out at your physiological like peak but it's that kind of repeated training which is just going to maintain all the benefits you are um, experiencing and then also smaller things like uh, having a stronger respiratory mus uh, muscle or respiratory system has been linked to a reduction in upper respiratory tract infections. So you're able to fight off a bit more of kind of the colds and stuff like that that flow around and you can just breathe freer. I haven't had a cold for about a year. <laughs> so so should, Fantastic. Should we add that to the list? Like you will not get a cold ever again. I cannot claim that at all, but as much as I'd love to say, yep, we can lock that in. It's a very personalized thing, but... Some of the literature does point that way. Okay. 
What's next for this device in terms of technology? Well, one thing I find a bit irritating with the device, and look, I, I do love the device, so just just yeah. make it with a pinch of salt. It gets a bit messy, doesn't it, sometimes when you're using it? A bit the, 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 I don't want to go into detail, but the saliva, if you don't clean it regularly, I found that my results can be a little bit anomalous. And so I'll be using it and I think, shit, um, my performance has really gone down. But then I give it a proper wash and clean and it's back up to normal again. So that sort of stuff I find a little bit irritating. Yeah. And as much as I'd love to be like, oh, we can fix that. No matter what it is, you're going to get a bit of saliva buildup. One thing I can highly recommend is when you're training, just keep your phone on a tripod so you're looking slightly up so it's not pooling in the front of your mouth, which can then go into the device. But regular maintenance not only helps you with your kind of training, but it also helps prolong the life of the device. So we really are proud of our device being built here in Denmark and then being kind of a purchase for life. I think we're going to see you on some Premier League footballers and rugby kind of World Cups, just players wearing them before matches. I think you're going to you're going to see it happening. So, so, so for me, all in all, Mike, so far so good. It's it's working for me, and I'm not just on here to say that each product works. There's a bunch of products that don't work. There's a lot of shit ones around there as well, aren't there? There's a I've I've seen some competitors out there, and I'm not going to name them because they chose not to come onto the podcast. Um, but I can see the difference in the quality when I'm using them. Um, why, why is yours such good quality? We believe in our product. So we're a small kind of startup slash scale-up company in Denmark. And one thing we don't want to compromise is, is the user experience. So we are in that kind of more premier price bracket. But the thing that really speaks to us is the quality. We speak internally all the time about the unboxing experience of Apple and how the end consumer feels when they get their product. And at the end of the day, if it's a product that you get a good feeling of, it's a nice to hold and stuff, you're more likely to use it. So if we can, from that first impression right up to you putting in your mouth and training, have that as nice as possible, someone is going to stick with it and actually train. We're on market at 349 euros. And then that is for the hardware itself, so the device and the delivery, as well as access to our app. And and, and you're right, it, yep. it is a premium price point, but I think um, the benefits, as stated, are, are quite good. And, and I know Mike's going to do a special deal for listeners of this podcast, which we'll stick in the in in, in the notes eventually, won't you, Mike? Correct. We'll do a 20% um, discount for your listeners, so that's around 70 euros off, which is a great price. Oh, fantastic! I wasn't expecting that. I was just, um, I was just jesting. But hey, that's fantastic. Um, I, I just want to change the tack a little bit on something that you and I both actually hate is the term biohacking. Um, would 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 you define this device as being in the biohacking market? And what the heck is a biohacking market? No. I like to think of biohacking as our distant cousin. So because then you don't talk to that much, but you occasionally need to. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like I know a lot of the bigger biohackers around the world and I really love the fact that they're looking to um, optimize their life and become healthier people. At the end of the day, that's what every human is trying to do, become better at what they are. I think biohacking has become a bit of a trigger word for a quick fix in your life. So a lot of people are looking for the next pill, for the next superfood. 
And that's a dangerous game to play. Would you argue that this device is going back to the basics? So whereas biohacking is, but whereas biohacking is putting loads of stuff out there, you know, meth blue, this sort of chamber, that sort of chamber. Would you argue that you're actually going back to the basics with this? Yeah, correct. Like humans, as long as humans have been, humans have been made to move. And one thing that we're not doing enough now is moving. And that is everything from moving our feet to our knees, to our hips, to our lungs. So if we can encourage movement of the whole body, then we're going to become a better person. So that is where the basics really come into play. I'm also thinking about the basics of breathing, just actually using breath work as a mode to get stronger, fitter, and more mindful. And I think me as one, as someone who trains regularly, um, I don't think I'd ever given breathing a lot of thought um, until I started wearing this. So I, yes, I've been on online classes. I, I just didn't like them. But I think since I've been using this device, when I'm in 7K of a 10K run or whatever, and I'm struggling for breath, I do try and access my diaphragm to get some oxygen. And I never used to do that before. And so, so, so I think it is teaching me the art, the basic art of breathing again, um, breathing properly again, um, which is wonderful. So Mike, from my perspective, I'm a fan of this. I'm an advocate of this. I'm going to push this if this podcast grows. Hopefully this will be one of the things I, I, I keep pushing. Um, if you had some advice for somebody, and I'm putting you on the spot here, if, if you had some advice for just a regular person, not an athlete, just a regular person listening to this podcast and they want to improve just their general health, um, the general well-being, what would it be? It doesn't have to be related to aerofit. This is not a question about aerofit, but if you had two or three tips for someone looking to grow young, what would they be? So the first one is something's dear to my heart, and that's movement. Movement enriches everybody's lives, whether it's walking down the street with your partner or taking your dog for a walk, going to the gym, going for a run. Movement is, for me, the essence of life. So that's what gives me joy. And as I mentioned earlier, we need to move our little toe right up to our lungs better. So pick two or three different types of training, whether that's weight training, running, walking, Eurofit, or anything else. And that is really going to put you in the right step for helping your life. And then the other one's just be a bit more mindfulness about what you're eating. So don't go for the easy options necessarily. Go for foods that make you feel better than what you kind of get out of it. Chocolate makes me feel wicked. Uh, it could, but if you eat too much, you're going to feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, just be more mindful of what you're eating. So if you can avoid foods with a, I know it's cliche, but if you can avoid foods without a massive list on the back, try and avoid them and just, yeah, move better and eat better. Fantastic. Great advice. Thank you. It's, it's funny, everyone who I've spoken to so far, either on the podcast or off the podcast, they all keep coming back to these basics about moving, eating, breathing, sleeping. No one has said inject an NAD drip into you. No one has said, I mean, it, it, it could be that that works. I'm not saying it doesn't. Uh, no, no one is saying go and wear these special glasses or whatever. They keep coming back to the basics. And I think I'm beginning to form a view that there's a, some basic fundamentals which, which you need to get in place. Once you do, maybe those other things that, I'm joking about do actually play a contribution here. But if you don't have these basics in place, I think you're going to struggle from the start. I completely agree with that. If you don't have the um, 
kind of foundations or the base of the pyramid in place, the tip of the pyramid's not going to make a big difference. Indeed. So it's about building foundations, the basics, and going to something when you need it. Breathing is the first thing we do and the last thing we do, yet nobody thinks about it. So maybe it's time to kind of look into the basics of the movement, the breathing, and optimize your life through that way rather than looking for a quick fix. What a great bit of science and how brilliant to hear that something that is free to us, our breathing, is our greatest weapon to combat a range of issues including sleep, mental well-being, sports performance and recovery through the use of such a simple tool. The long-term effects are impressive as I have seen through my enhanced VO2 levels. This tool could also potentially provide support for long COVID sufferers. Mike, thanks for coming onto the show and introducing our listeners to this tool, which I fully advocate to help me grow young. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to and you want to find out more, please hit the subscribe button or the follow button. If you want to find out more about me, please visit my website, www.sanjpathak.com, my Instagram profile at Sanjpathak Life Coach, or just simply send me a message on my email, which is sanj at sanjpathak.com. Thank you for listening.